Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Help Desk for Tuesday, the 16th of March. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And Tess, let's start with a story about Qantas. Yeah, so the airline is looking at introducing a vaccine passport app in preparation for the return of international travel. IT News reports the airline is testing the Common Pass app on repatriation flights, which logs whether a passenger has either tested negative for COVID or has been vaccinated. Uh, Common Pass is not the only app that's being trialled. Qantas is also testing one that's being developed by the International Air Transport Association. And at the moment, uh, the app is only going to be limited to those international repatriation flights, but likely the airline will at some point integrate the functionality into its own app. And Qantas is still hoping to resume international flights from late October and it'll probably require passengers to have COVID vaccinations to board those flights. Mm, I would imagine so. Uh, I'm not getting onto a plane uh, unless I know that uh, most of the people around me have been vaccinated, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I've got got a flight booked to Sydney soon, so... (laughs) I've, Cue the border closures. Yeah, exactly. I've given up. I've given up trying to see my family until uh, the vaccine is in our oh. goddamn bodies. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Having said that, I'm really excited to get back on a plane again. It's been so long. I really miss flying. I know people complain, but I love it. Anyway, and another COVID story next. Yes, indeed. Moving on, and Culture Amp is the little Aussie startup that could. Uh, it, it it has had a fantastic year over the last year, according to the Fin Review, uh, despite fears that COVID-19 would put a handbrake on employee engagement uh, software that is the bread and butter of Culture Amp. The company has seen massive growth over the last year, um, up 64% in revenue. A former AMP boss, uh, Sally Bruce, is now helping lead Culture Amp. And according to CultureAmp themselves, uh, they, they are seeing uh, a lot of uh, employees out there really struggling to, to build some kind of culture when everyone is back at home. And that's one of the reasons why their software has been so successful. I had a friend actually who used to work at CultureAmp and, and we used to laugh that it was the uh, uh, survey factory uh, that he worked for. But um, I guess they do a little bit more than just sending out user surveys. But um, I don't know, it, it, it's a very hard struggle, isn't it, to, to create a, a, a workplace culture when no one's in the workplace. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess you can make a lot of money out of surveys, though, uh, <laughs> just doing, doing them well. Uh, that data is really important. Mm. Yeah, I think it's quite difficult. And just being able to keep people connected to their, their colleagues and, and for people running the company, it, it's important for them to have some sort of idea what's actually happening when people aren't in the office or even when they are in the office. Yeah. Uh, were you happy to go back to the office? I know we talked about it kind of off air a couple of times of, uh, I was really reluctant to go back to the office, but I'm weirdly enjoying it now that I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm dying to get back into an office. <laughs> 
Uh, <clears throat> that's what sets us apart. And moving on, it's been a fortnight since the media code has been passed by Parliament and Facebook has only signed a revenue deal with one large organisation. That's compared to Google, who signed big deals with uh, News Corp 9 and The Guardian, as well as some smaller players. The chair of the ACCC, Rod Sims, was asked recently if there was anything that could be done to move this along and get Facebook making those deals more quickly. And during a recent Senate inquiry, he responded that basically these things take time and uh, implied Google was a little more advanced, in a more advanced starting position than Facebook. And he says, quote, I'm happy to give it a bit more time and therefore not do anything at the moment. And just today or Tuesday that there are media reports that Nine and News Corp are getting closer to reaching deals with Facebook. So they have managed to work through some of their disagreements. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I wonder what he means when he says, I'm happy to give them a bit more time, considering that the legislation as it kind of ended up being passed doesn't really allow them to do anything. Like, can't the ACCC can't force Facebook to do anything anymore, can they? Yeah, I'm not sure who is the oversight body. Um, I don't know if that off the top of my head, but I guess it's the question of when would the regulator step in and there's probably quite a lot of steps it's got to go through before yeah. uh, it ends up in that arbitration part of the code. Absolutely. And our final story is a bit of a fun one, but it's been shared everywhere, and that is Netflix may be looking to clamp down on sharing of passwords. Uh, so earlier this week, some Netflix subscribers began noticing a notice that popped up and said that they had to kind of uh, sign in on their phone or their email if they've signed into a Netflix app, uh, you know, just the standard kind of two-factor authentication to make sure that you are who you say you are. Uh, and this is a new thing that uh, people have been spotting. And it's it's one of those things that seems to be coming after the fact that Netflix allows you to share your password. And uh, depending on what service you have, you might get, you know, three or four devices on your account, depending on how much you pay Netflix. And if you go for a family plan, Everyone is supposed to live in the same household. And Netflix hasn't really done a lot to crack down on that over the years. Uh, but it does seem like they are starting to care now. It's really fascinating, actually, because I remember uh, a decade ago hearing Reed Hastings constantly say, look, we know we know when you go to university um, that you take your parents' Netflix password with you, and that's fine because we know students can't afford Netflix and, and we'd rather you be watching and you'll become a subscriber once you have, you know, you're financially able to. Um, and so it was always a really kind of looking the other way from uh, Netflix. But I guess now they've decided that they've looked at looked at the other way for far too long and maybe now they're looking at like Disney and things like that as well. <laughs> it's deciding that uh, it's time to stop looking the other way. Yeah, it could be there's more competition now and maybe that growth, especially in the US, is plateauing. But I yeah, I thought it was really interesting. The timing's interesting. I don't really think it's about money or the choice that you sort of described of them looking the other way. That was kind of, I guess, just the brand building of mm. getting people to like Netflix more. That was probably worth more to them than chasing up 
uh, a couple of extra accounts here and there. But yeah, yeah, so it's a bit of a strange one. I can't um, divine what is the intention behind this for Netflix. And yeah, maybe they're just auditing it to see how widespread password sharing is. I don't know. I had a, had a bit, bit of a further read and the I guess the downsides of sharing your password is you don't actually know who that person is then sharing it with and mm-hmm, it could mm-hmm. could be in you know 50 devices you could be logged into 50 <laughs> devices somewhere and i guess that's a bad thing not not only because it might mess with your recommendations but mm. um you know password share could steal any of that personal data that's in your profile or if you've used that password to get into multiple services that's also got some pretty big risks there as well yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't share my Netflix account with anyone at the moment, but I do, me and two other dads share a Disney because we've decided that we we need to have it for our children and we, we, we've we paid for enough services over the years and, and Disney definitely seems to be uh, uh, ignoring uh, any account sharing at the moment, mm-hmm. which is probably, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a good growth strategy to get uh, as many people addicted to your service as possible um, before yeah, you start rounding it up. forcing them. Yeah, totally. To do what you want them to do. Totally. Anyway, that's all we have time for for the help desk today. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. See you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.